It is time, ladies and gentlemen. We have made it the to the fun. weekend. And so, oh, no, 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 big voice guy. Don't get a jump on it. Let's try it again. My, it's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. There you go. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Yes, I am. Guys, it's as if I almost forgot how to press buttons here because I have been away. Thanks for holding down the fort, Josh, for uh, taking the QB position last week for our sports broadcast. I'm Michelle Mendoza. You're listening to My Michelle Lives podcasts here, and we are taking on the sports of the week some big news stories some drama from the nfl we're going to talk about sexism racism and extremism in sports and a little march madness and so much more let me introduce you to the round table of fellas here we have with us the man we call the encyclopedia of sports he is a veteran sports reporter and author of thunder sports network i should say co-author rich hallstrom encyclopedia rich the encyclopedia uh, we're going to ask you guys to buckle up because we have the Reverend of Righteousness and Fun. He is a coach. He is a player uh, in the good sense. He's like plays on the field there. Uh, he's also the he is a pastor. Uh, he has a, he, he's just a chaplain. You know, he's got it all going for him. Get ready to get pinged with Garrick. Payne. Get ready to get pinged. And we have Joshua McMillan. He is our sports authority. You find him on the internet at, uh, you can go to Josh Reports Live on Twitter. He is a tweet heart. He is also the guy we call Wookie of the Year. Wookie of the Year, Josh McMillan. And I am your humble host, Michelle Mendoza. Guys, it's ready for, it's time to get ready for sports. 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 Wilson. I just kind of let them do their thing. Then we get back to business. Hey, guys, welcome to Friday as we take on the sports of the week. There are a lot of stories to talk about. And, guys, right off the bat, because it's that time of the year, I want to get into some March Madness. Um, we are at, what, round 64 or something, Rich? We are round one. <laughs> round one starts today. Yesterday we had a couple of playing games with the final round four one in, of sixty-four. I mean, we're we have we have fine. so many rounds here. to go through. Is what I'm saying. Work with me here. Well, we have so many here, rounds. Here, we just started, I'll, and it's getting I'll, there. I'll, yes. Is he even listening to so me? Many He's rounds. just going. Sixty-three. Wind them up. Sixty-three games to crown a champion. Hello, Gonzaga. You will finally win a national championship. I let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, and Gonzaga is playing, what, uh, Norfolk tomorrow? Uh, Norfolk State, yes. So uh, we'll see. What do you guys think, Gonzaga? I mean, is this their year? Zags all the way. I mean, I think this is their year. They're the most I mean, consistent it, team yeah. all around. No okay. doubt about it. 
They got a shot, but March Madness is just that. It's mad. <laughs> it is. It is. And it ain't over till, till it's over. It ain't over till it's Zach's over. Zach's the only, only team we got here to root for. Well, okay, fair no, enough. no, no, no. Let's not forget Eastern Washington University no. and nope. the Eagles. Nope. We skip over the Cougs and go right for Gonzaga here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're broadcasting from the great Northwest, as you can tell. But uh, any other predictions as we embark on 68 rounds? Well, let's, <laughs> That's let's a lot of basketball. Leave, let's not leave out the women's tournament, Michelle. This could be a really, really interesting women's tournament. South Carolina's really good. Baylor's really good. Uh, I think UConn is going to have a hard time winning a national championship this year. They've got a lot younger team. Okay. And Gino Armiama currently has COVID-19. So that might affect uh, some coaching uh, uh, philosophy okay. for UConn. Okay. So uh, South Carolina Baylor are my two picks for the women's final. We'll okay. see what happens there. Anybody else? I'm just uh, intrigued by the whole way that covid may or may not affect the uh the march madness because i mean it's already had a little bit of effect but i think it'll be interesting to see thoughts on that thoughts on that as i i'm not ignoring you guys i'm just making sure we're broadcasting live everywhere we're supposed to broadcast live so bear with me a little bit um any other thoughts on how covid might be affecting things because you know we're, we're all i mean aren't we kind of deep into this world where we really we're used to the craziness we're used to not so much sports live um you know what how are they going to play is it going to be any different are we just you know are we just kind of used to it thoughts well I, th I think the ncaa has done a good job getting to the tournament because going into the tournament according to news sources there were only eight positive tests heading into this first weekend of the of the tournament so that's a good job by the ncaa finally they get something right and we can actually watch some basketball and actually concentrate on what's on the court and I think that you got to give the coaches and the players a great deal of credit for working through everything. Some teams have had longer layoffs. Some teams have had shorter layoffs. Some teams have not played a whole lot of games. Uh, some others have almost played a full season. It's going to be a real mental challenge, probably the biggest mental challenge in sports this year to get through this tournament. Okay. Well, um, March Madness is upon us, 68 rounds or something. I mean, just like <laughs> lots of basketball. I like basketball. It's okay. But you know what I really like? You know me. You know I like football, both kinds. But the NFL, um, some big deals. They announced a TV deal with ESPN, ABC, NBC, uh, Fox, CBS, and even Amazon, Josh. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We have all of these big deals happening, yet at the same time, uh, I guess that the cap is going down. Well, the CEOs are celebrating all of these new... new. So uh, it's good news, but it's bad news. It's, it's business, you know. Uh, yeah. So well, that's all I, I got think, for you there. <laughs> I think with, the, uh, with COVID, uh, it, it really has changed sports. Uh, I mean, there's there's no question. Just the way people watch the, and and I think that's why Amazon's getting in on this because they they see an opportunity, and um, 
And it, it makes sense. I mean, as many, and hopefully it'll be a good thing um, as far as making greater access for people, because it used to be, you know, only certain networks had access and you could only watch certain things on certain places. And, mm -hmm. and so um, hopefully it's just going to make it better for, for the average person. Average. Well, one of the things too, Garrick, that you're going to have to see is how does Amazon navigate the scheduling uh priorities and actually make sure that we have some decent games on a Thursday night. I know that's been a lot of people's complaints about Thursday night and also Monday night. They're also introducing flex scheduling in week 12 of this brand new deal. Josh, it's going to be a big deal if you can flex some of those bad games off Monday night football. Yeah, that is a long needed change. I have been tired of watching, you know, the only game Monday night is like a three win team versus a five win team. You know, that's like, mm -hmm. yay, Monday night football. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch that game. So no, that that was a needed change for them. That that is good news. Um, but yeah, I mean, the NFL it's going to be a really interesting year for them. I think we're going to see fans back in the stadium and I I really want to see how the teams are going to respond to that again. You know, I think that there was some changes last year and there we're going to get back to a little bit more normal this year. And I think it's going to be an interesting adjustment for a lot of people. Well, Michelle, I, I have a question for, I have a okay. question for Go you. Go ahead, Rich. Just ask away. How are, how are you going to spend $113 billion? Because that's what the NFL is going to get from this TV deal. How would you spend a hundred? Oh come on, gee. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we see a lot of the interesting backstory to to that. With uh, the NFL is a powerhouse; they know how to be relevant, Rich, um, yeah. both in the in season and the off season. As we often talk about, how the pigskin spins the drama before there's actual kickoff. But what I wanted to get to with this story is um, good for the NFL. Unlike MLS, which can't even, you know, here we are in Seattle, um, the MLS cannot even get mentioned uh, properly in their own hometown paper here in Seattle, the Sounders, you know, we have, I mean, it's just heinous. And trying to watch an MLS game is confusing at best. You really have to have insider information to know where you can get to these things. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's one of the major drawbacks, Major League Soccer, the exposure. If Major League Soccer wants to be Major League Soccer, and I've said this about U.S. Soccer, until the U.S. Soccer Federation and Major League Soccer take soccer seriously, the American public will not take soccer seriously. Okay, yeah, and and that's well, part I don't of know that I don't know that it's that simple. I mean, certainly. Well, no, but it's part of the part of the puzzle. It is definitely part of the equation. Yeah, certainly. But I just feel like it. We we're swimming upstream, or whatever metaphor you want to use. It we're fighting a losing battle because, um, I mean. In order for soccer to to receive its due and to be in the place of prominence is, I mean, there's there's a couple things that need to happen and, and it's in pro progress right or process right now. Um, we need to get the groundswell in terms of the people being excited about it, and certainly certain places, you know, uh, Seattle, Atlanta, um, it 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 is really strong in terms of the fan base. But it's it's really the media that's the key. 
because the media belongs to to pro football still um and and the other sports to to uh, a lesser degree of course yeah and, and mean, it's not real reporting especially in the newspaper i mentioned soccer but uh also the seattle sea wolves folks in america we now have major league rugby um, the seattle sea wolves our professional team they're starting their season here fairly soon and absolutely no mention in our Seattle newspaper. It's just, you know, we complain about the media in a whole lot of ways, but when they can't even get sports right, it's super, super frustrating. I know that's some of the frustration. Uh, we're going to get to this a little bit later as we talk about some of the issues of racism and sexism that have been reported this week in sports. Uh, but Megan Verpino is always at the forefront saying, hey, equal pay, equal pay. You know, we de we deserve it. We play hard. We, you know, we have chance championships, etc. But it's not just about in that regard, in women's soccer, it's not just about, yeah, you play great, you play well, equal pay for a, the, the same job. Guys, it's also about the whole media and promotions and getting the word out and getting a viewership and sponsorship and, and making exactly. that money so that we can pay you more, isn't it? Or exactly. am I getting that wrong? No, I think you've got that right, Michelle. And I'll go back to an example that we've talked about several times. How many conversations have you had with the Seattle Storm? How many phone calls have you received from the Seattle Storm? How many phone calls have you received from the OL Reign? I have never received a, a public relations department phone call from either one of those franchises. So I think they have their own, they have their own, issue, they have their own issues. Yep, I think and... you are 100% right on that. But as we migrate back to the big deal with the NFL, there's some big news in the NFL. Guys, just this week, I was visiting Narlands, Louisiana, my birth town. I am, Saints are always number two to me. Sorry for those of you, my new friends in Narlands, but, you know, Seahawks at heart. But they had some big news as I was driving past the Superdome, as I was experiencing experiencing the the celebration of one man who has a great career who is now retiring drew Brees, nfl's now correct me if i get this wrong rich all-time leader in career passing yards something like 80,000 yards second 80,000 yards and second all-time go ahead yeah all that all that stuff <laughs> what am i here uh, for through, through i'm going back five, on vacation <laughs> through See you for guys. five through for five thousand yards four different times and won one super bowl the only super bowl in new orleans uh oh, I got to come back. It froze up. There a we tremendous, go. <laughs> a tremendous amount of, a tremendous amount of community work uh, during Hurricane Katrina. Let's not forget that he really uh, made the city of New Orleans his home, and really took to heart being a saint. And by the way, the Saints have a great logo. I'll just throw that in there. I always love the Saints logo, but uh, that Drew Brees, he's he's big on Fleur de Lis, people. So he had something like sixty-seven point seven percent completions. Uh, that's just mm -hmm. really big. So congratulations after twenty seasons, and I think he's mentioned two-thirds of his life uh, he spent since high school in football. Now he's going to uh, reportedly. Uh, 
just instead of trading, uh, playing ball for the rocking chair, he's actually going to get the analyst chair. He has a new role with NBC. Um, he'll surprise, also surprise. be doing some kind of calls for the no, for Notre Dame football there. So he'll um, Sunday night football night in America show that kind of thing so we're we're still going to see Drew Brees uh, but in this offseason we've talked about um, and, and before we move on anyone else want to give some shout outs or some kudos to a legend of football Drew Brees well I'd much rather face him on uh, as as a color commentator than on the field <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he is, that's, that's he has he's been a been force to be reckoned with. with. And I, I had the privilege of having him as my fantasy quarterback one year and just loved it. Yeah, I bet <laughs> and, you um, did. And I so, I mean, did. you know, and th this is, I mean, changing subjects a little bit. Um, fantasy football, I think, is is such a great thing because before I used to know the Seahawks players and I didn't knew, knew no one else from the league. I mean, I know you guys who eat and breathe and live sports, you know, I mean, I would call Brent and he'd be telling me about all these different players, but, um, but with fantasy football, I think it's really helped uh, people to know other players from other teams around the country. And, uh, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's been a, a good thing and it's been a fun thing for me. That's that's my little side note. <laughs> well, I know that in these off season, gentlemen, um, we joke about how the pigskin spins. And here in the Northwest, I'm actually almost getting tired. You know, this ties into Drew Brees a little bit. I'm almost getting tired of the whole Russell Wilson drama. It never stops. Now they're saying, yeah, Russell Wilson, he's good to go for 2021, but 2022, probably not. And, you know, um, it's reported that Russell Wilson would waive his no trade clause for four teams. You guys probably know this, but for the benefit of our listeners, um, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Raiders, and uh, we just talked about an opening there in Arlen's, Louisiana with the Saints. So let's take that on, Josh. No news. It's done. It's over. It's done. The All Russell right, Rich, you think over. so too? He's not. He's not leaving oh, Seattle. It's it's done. Well, Dak Prescott just just got his big contract deal. Uh, the Raiders still trying to figure out how uh, John Gruden is going to put a team together, and the Bears can't beat their way way out of a wet paper bag. They they offered three first round draft choices: Khalil Mack and a couple other uh, guys. Oh, oh no no. Khalil Mack was not part of the offer. The two guys that were part of the offer was one of the guys they just cut this last week, and the other one was someone that is now requesting a trade out of there. Well, they offered peanuts for yeah, Russell Wilson. They did offer. They did offer. No way that's going to happen. They're still trying, but they have nothing to offer. Bears aren't happening off the table. Uh, definitely, definitely, because uh, as we know, uh, Matt Nagy and the general manager – they can't decide which key to use to get into the building, uh, much less let a, much less let alone uh, put a team together. I mean, why would you want to trade with the Chicago Bears when the Chicago Bears, with one of the best defensive players in the league, only managed to go eight and eight and barely make the playoffs this past season? Hmm. Yeah, it's not okay. a franchise you want to trade want to trade for. Now, if the Bears 
here, I'll play Seahawk general manager here real quick, Michelle. Okay. If you want, bring it. If you want to, if you want to be the Bears and get Russell Wilson, give me Khalil Mack and five other players and three, and three first round draft choices, and we'll start to talk about it. <laughs> and and free king dogs for everyone in uh, Loomis Field. That's what we there want we go. too. Yeah. There we go. King dogs. I haven't heard that term for many I know, right? years. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Old school Seattle here, right here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what about what about the idea though of Russ say them saying that it's a cold war there between Russell Wilson and the franchise that uh, you know he's 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 not feeling it anymore. I mean the, what is the that? Cold because war is over. The Cold War is over. Do you really it's believe done. that in the it's future, 20, yes. 2022? Yes, come on. it's over. I mean, maybe in twenty, it's maybe over. it'll come up again, but, you know, he just had a thing where he was talking about the Seattle and how they're doing a flag football league at the end. He said, go That's Hawks, right. baby. That's it's right. Over. I wonder if I have that. It's done. Item. We can move on. Like, He's we tied can, into if it comes Seattle, up next people. year, it'll come up next year. And you know what? It very well may come up next year. And I think it's because Russell Wilson may have poisoned the well, not necessarily with the team, but with some of the fans. You know, I feel like this is something where the fans have always backed Russell Wilson against everyone pundits saying that he's not that good he's a game manager you know not getting any any votes for for mvp the fans here in seattle have backed him through hell and high water they've gone to battle for this guy and i think even saying even complaining about the offensive line i don't think that was it i think the thing that really is going to be like that little like that bad taste in the mouth that we kind of have to get over this year and we'll see if we can is saying that I don't want to be traded, letting his agent, let me say, letting Mark Rogers go out and say, I don't want to be traded, but if I did, here are the teams. That's like, (laughs) I don't want to cheat on my wife, but if I did, here are the four women I would cheat with. Well, Josh, that's classic classic baseball baseball agent maneuvering. And you'll back me, and I'm sure you'll back me up on that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. and I think there's a, a taint there, but you're right. Uh, to see if I can pull this up. No, 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 Russell Wilson talking about. Oh, it was so great talking about the flag league, but I just can't find it. That's too bad. Uh, I will say this though. It's not just about flag league. It's not just about the fans. He's also got other stakes here in the Northwest. He is part owner, part owner of, of the Sounders, arguably yep. the the best or you know consistently long term best soccer franchise in the United States of America, and that's the Seattle Sounders. So you know there's some ties there. I, I don't know. We'll see. But for now, we will take it off the table. You know what though? I'm a little bit sad as a as a C. Hawk fan to watch the Griffin brothers uh you know the band is breaking up a little bit here in Seattle that's real sad to see that because it was it was special uh to see brothers playing on the team we had uh Shaquille and Shaquem on the Seattle Seahawks we had uh the Roldan brothers in uh playing for the Seattle Sounders it's just kind of I don't know what what that does for the fan base if you're all about just the the wins that's neat but um bringing kind of a, a family connection i don't know i i like that thoughts yeah well, it, it's a shame to see him go uh, you know i i really liked the the, the keel brothers the the shack brothers as it were uh, but it makes sense i mean he was 
the top target for cornerback in free agency this year. And I don't know that as good as he is, I don't know if he's necessarily worth the amount of money that he got paid, especially to the Seahawks. So it makes sense why he's leaving. We bring in a replacement from a rival, Akila Witherspoon. And I, I, I like what this guy can bring to the table. And I think that the 49ers don't know what to do with good talent at, at cornerbacks. I mean, look at DJ Reed that we got from them last year that we took off their practice squad when they cut him for, for injury. He was phenomenal. He did a great job. So I like what we bring in with that. I think that it's a better way to go about it. We save a little bit of money. And not. I'm not saying Shaq is a bad player. He is a good player, and I like what he brings to the table. But I think this year he had the opportunity to go get get paid above his value, and I don't begrudge him for that, but they will be missed here in Seattle. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and just as we're here on the Seahawks, you know, we have um, we have Gabe Jackson tied in Gerald Everett. Uh, there's some, you know, there's some maneuvering and some changes going on. Uh, so are we going to see it? We're here in Seattle. You know, most of us have Seattle ties that are on this board. So everyone else, you hear about this, but guys, no, no. Are we going to see uh, a, a new team this year? What's it going to look like? That's the influence of Shane Waldron. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, yeah we're going to see a, a different offense from Shane Waldron, but personnel-wise, I think we're going to look very similar. I mean, we we got rid of Mike Mike Upati. He retired, so good retirement to him. But bringing in Gabe Jackson, who a lot of people are complaining right now, and we, we talked about this a little bit pre-show. There is a vocal minority of fans out there that I have to come to the conclusion actually don't know anything about football because they're complaining that, like, the Seahawks only paid a fifth-round pick for this guy. It's like, well, okay, they only had to pay a fifth-round pick for the privilege of paying him $9 million. Yeah. I know that he's worth that contract. The Raiders had – it was either trade him and get something or cut him and get nothing because they're over the cap and they're trying to shed that. Gabe Jackson is going to be a great guard. And we also re-signed Ethan Posich, you know, with the addition of Gerald Everett to go with Will Disley as tight ends. I think that we're pretty well set on offense. I think our offense looks really good. Maybe add a running back for, for depth, but I really like how our offense and our offensive line is looking. Remember, as, as maligned as they are, our offensive line actually looked pretty good most of the year, at least when they were all healthy and, and, and going. You know, we had some injuries to deal with. But they looked vastly improved last year. And I think that's only going to get better in Shane Waldron's system that really makes it easier on on your offensive line to play. You know, that, that, that you can stylize your football and how you play football to make it an easier okay. system for your guys to succeed on that offensive line. So I really I don't I don't want to see new wide receivers. And this is important. Don't sign another wide receiver. You have two guys that I want to see on the field this year. I want to see Freddie Swain and I want to see John Ursua. I want to see them competing for that number three. I don't need you to make a okay. big splash. You have Tyler Lockett. You have DK Metcalf. Yeah, I think you have we're Gerald set there. Everett, you have I Will think we're Disley. set there. We're good there. Don't spend. Uh -huh. Yeah. Look at the defense. Get me defense back. We, you know, we lost Jack Griffin. We replaced that. That's fine. But Carlos Dunlap's gone. KJ Wright's gone. At least for now, these guys are gone. Benson Mayoa, uh, Bruce Irvin. You know, there's a lot of names on this defense that – we need to find a way to replace the Carlos Dunlap and KJ Wright being the two biggest Benson Mayoa was no schlub either. He contributed plenty to this defense. And 
I think that that's where we need to look. I'm fine. I would be fine, honestly, if they made no more signings to the offense. Maybe draft someone who can play center guard in the draft. You know, someone as a backup okay. and maybe piece of the future in the, in the second round there. But the rest of this free agency, I need defensive line. That's what I need. Yeah, I that's need a, we were really hurting in, in the defense last year, and I'm concerned that this next year uh, we're going to be rebuilding again, and I'd like to just see us uh, stick with a plan, or get a plan that works, stick with it, and uh, make it. You know, at least keep making it back to the playoffs, unlike this year where it was just like, right? So that's my thought. As we... Uh, Kind of wrap up some stuff with the NFL. This was a big news story with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think it was something like six or or so um, sexual assault uh, char- uh, different women with uh, sexual assault charges, third civil lawsuit. This is really big, but apparently uh, we have what is it, uh, selective outrage, because there's still folks who are saying, like the Dolphins, the Jets, uh, the Broncos, the 49ers are saying, hey, we'll take them. That's great. So is it any big deal? Is this a non-story, guys? Well, now that you have seven different charges in many different scenarios against Deshaun Watson, that trade value has has gone way down. Franchises are not going to want to take that on just before they're still saying, you know, the Panthers are another, you you know, apparently uh, the well, apparently, um, you know, people are saying, well, no, 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 wait, wait, we'll see what what plays out. I mean, when are we offended and when are we not? And that's what I want to get to as we talk about racism, sexism and extremism. Um, Does it matter if someone's good Uh, or when, when should we be outraged? When should we take a stand? Well, this is something I think that's interesting just with regard to Seattle sports. Seattle uh, has always kind of had this uh, this reputation, right, of, of being um, a, a very loyal city uh, in terms of our players. And you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about, you know, having brothers on the team and things like that. That's a and, Seattle, um, distinctly Seattle feel. We have respect for old players. Uh, we'll cheer them. We're happy when they return. We have that con- connection. I don't know and, what's and behind think, that. That's interesting. But and and I think that that it's it's both good and bad. Um, I think it's it's bad from the perspective that you know we. I mean, you look by contrast at the New England Patriots. I mean, they've got a lot of work to do right now, but. During the Brady years with with the Patriots, they had no problem, you know, cutting people who were popular players and who were good players um, because they were bringing in fresh talent. They were refreshing all the time. And and Seattle tends to get sentimental and we like people. And because they want a Super Bowl for us or whatever it was, we will want to stick with them just because we remember the glory days. And that's not because sports is business, too. And and if you're not continually doing that, then uh, then then it's going to cost you. And we've also had this good guy reputation, which I think is a good thing, actually, uh, in terms of players who, you know, if, if we have a player, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the the Seahawks player last year who who had some difficulties in their past but they're Josh putting those Gordon, I think is thank you yep yep thank you encyclopedia and, and they're they're putting their those things in the demand. past and they're moving forward then you know I think that's great but I I think 
you know, it's it's and this is where I'm, I'm there's a tension within me because part of me is like, well, it's sports. Right. And so you're paid to do what you do on the field. But character does count as well. And so so I, I think, you know, if you can build a strong team around people who are really good people, then then it's a win win. Well, what if people have, been... have have uh, political views that aren't cool anymore, and that people you know should should they be looked down on? Uh, people say that that was what happened when uh, we're looking at Colin Kaepernick. Well, no one wants to hire him because he, you know, it, it just all. And becomes on the other political. side with Tim Tebow, Tim right? Tebow, uh huh. Thank you. So when when do we care? I mean, I've I kind of like to bring it back to when you break the law, we care. When it's a when it's an illegal thing, we really need to care. If you have the wrong political views or the 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 wrong color, gosh, what what else is is out of style anymore? Should we really care? Because sports is that great unifier, Rich. Well, you have you have to care, and I'll go back to the Deshaun Watson example. So you have to care if it's it's the wrong color or the wrong politics. These you have to care on an equal on an equal basis. Everyone needs to be treated the same way, and I think that's what sports is supposed to be—a meritocracy. Okay, so we are saying the same thing. You're not saying that we do have to care if someone uh-oh. is is of no. the wrong politics no no, the, no 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 okay. no 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 that is definitely not what i was I trying to get across so. trying to get across so. there we sports is the best one of the best examples of meritocracy in american life and it's it's really and that's why jackie robinson was able to make an effect on the world around him that's why all the different things that we think are so great about sports impacted us in such a positive way the 1980 miracle on ice that impacted people because these were people from all different backgrounds from all different teams came together to do one of the greatest things in in the history of sports and it's the miracle on ice for example is considered the greatest upset in sports by sports illustrated so we know that that we know that that works and and that's what makes the Deshaun Watson situation very unfortunate because this is a Houston Texans franchise that doesn't need another black eye, Josh. Where'd you go, Josh? You're muted. Unmute. Unmute. There, there you go. go. There you go. The Houston Texans have been a franchise that you're that have been beat up and poorly managed and poorly run. I mean, you can just look at the last couple off seasons. The absolute fleecing that has been done to them in trading away some of their best players. They're like over and over again. It seems like they are on the bad end of one of the best trades of the offseason. Seahawks have benefited from that. Others have benefited from that, like the Cardinals. I, I don't know what what has been going down on down there, but they've been they've been blessed to have someone as talented as Deshaun Watson. But now uh, this hit, it's just uh, they, they keep coming. They keep coming. So now even if they do move off of him, they're not going to get as much in return. You know. If depending on the severity of these allegations, what how they bear out, he may be even face suspension and the like. It's just it's a mess if you're a fan of the Houston Texans. Michelle, what we're really looking at, we're looking at somebody that is rivaling some of the the heat and animosity that's going toward Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo and Deshaun Watson are in, in 
relatively the same relatively the same position. They're being accused of some of the same things. And I mean, this is not good at all, either in sports or politics or any other area of life. It's just not good at all. Okay. And some of the hard part of it is, uh, and you can liken it to the Cuomo situation, when someone that is in the political cool kids club does something that is egregious, it's harder to come against them in the, because we're so busy being outraged by yep. so many things, um, it, those things, when there really is something egregious, we can get lost. And back to my point, fellas, um, if someone has the wrong politics, if somebody uh, doesn't d- chooses to stand during the national anthem and not kneel, or vice versa, you know, we can have this outrage right and and because of all of our outrage when we should be outraged when there's something like an illegal act sexual assault uh then well you know we kind of like the guy he's a good player oh he's got good politics it falls by the wayside um racism sexism extremism it is on the front page all the time there's a few i'm gonna just go through some headlines. Some rich uh, is always on top of things. He's always giving us stuff to to take on during the week. So some of these are from him, as well as our five syllable word for uh, for the week: meritoc- meritocracy. Thank you very much, Rich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we have a play- player from the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Mr. Koo, who's who weighed in on the Atlanta shootings and hate crimes. Even though we don't know that it's a hate crime, that's yeah, what that's very important to know that they haven't decided about that yet, Michelle. Well, so and the, the the actual shooter, the alleged shooter, has has come out and said that it, it wasn't racially motivated. I mean, he, he said that directly. But what does he know? He's white. Come on. Um, we have uh, <laughs> the NCAA um, is coming under fire for poor amenities for women players. Uh, Megan Rapino uh, says, you know, she can go ahead and wear that jersey, but she's, you know, she's doesn't support necessarily the organization that, pays for that jersey she's thinking of equal white rights for, and equal pay for soccer equal, players equal equal whites equal okay. whites yes um uh, there was also an nba probe that found no proof of big of uh of a bigoted remark by utah jazz executive dennis Lindsay towards uh elijah Millsap. i mean these are just some big headlines of uh, indicative of some of the things that we're struggling with as a nation and it's making our its way into the sports realm so i'm going to open this up and let you guys weigh in on on some of these some of these are big some of them are politically motivated and some of them the important points get convoluted and lost in the cacophony of craziness that we've opened ourselves up to in america that's another good four-syllable word. Um, yeah, but it's only four-syllable word. Rich wins this week so far. Let's see if he can outdo it. Well, I, I mean, I feel kind of like a broken record because it, it's the same thing over and over again. Because, I mean, if, if you're going to allow politics and sports, then allow all politics and sports. I mean, don't be selective about it. And and this is my biggest beef, I think, is just that that there is just not fairness and there's not equity 
and and I just feel like be consistent, be fair. If if you're gonna if you're gonna go there, then be willing to go there completely, and and don't start kind of censoring things based on on political views. I know so. we're seeing sports that's looking an awful lot like social media. And then back to my point, um, as we were talking about Deshaun Watson, um, some of the big issues that should be addressed aren't being addressed because they just get lumped into this big everything's exactly. offended. I mean, one of the yep. important issues is the NCA that's uh, being called out over the poor amenities for women players versus the men's at, at tournaments. That's a, I think that's something legitimate that they absolutely, absolutely should be looking at. But did, did you hear all those headlines? It was kind of lost in the midst of it all, Josh. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's all, I'm I'm kind of desensitized now to, to the drama, to be honest. Like there's just Desensitized, been, another word for tired. Yeah, I'm just like, Over it? Whatever. Yeah, I, sports well, let's, please. Let's take on Michelle sports this please. one. This, this one thing that you brought up, let's focus on one thing here for a second. The amenities at the basketball tournaments, um, both the men's and women's basketball tournament, that are, those are two of the biggest events on the NCAA calendar for the calendar year. And there's no doubt that both those things, because they are NCAA tournaments, should be, should be treated equally. But like any other business, the NCAA is going to try and cut corners, unfortunately, wherever they are. And what this comes down to is, and this is the way that I would approach it, it comes down to a Title IX issue, in my mind, because you have to treat your athletes fairly, and that's what Title IX was all about. So that's the way that I would attack, that's the way that I would attack this issue. And once again, um, it's not about uh, female athletes being lesser than, it's how are we going to treat um, women's sports when it needs to be rightfully treated and deserve and deserves what it has earned? Women well, athletes have, have earned to be on that, have earned the time and earned the right to be on that platform. So yes, they, they should have, not, but, th- they but should when not you do cheated. have women who are treated differently, it is about treatment. It is about saying that they're le- that you you think them lesser than when they really are not. Uh, the U23's coach, uh, I can't even pronounce his name, but uh, he got in some heat in, in the soccer realm for um, his interaction with one of the refs, I believe, and his punishment he has to now train the women's team, train those girls. You know, there's still kind of that mindset. And it's hard to get over that when we're getting women's sports that um, are are dealing with crazy issues. You know, we, we tie it into equal pay. And as we talked about, it's not as simple as just equal pay. We really have to be able to have a healthy conversation where all of these things are concerned because women have we have had a hard long hard fight in recognition and sports and then on top of it we have men that get to compete as women so you know it's it's kind of feels like a losing proposition all the way around it can be really difficult that's that's the big and this is why it feels like a losing proposition because what we're talking about is very important 
but we're not focusing on issues one at a time. We're trying to there you go. talk about talk about ten things when we should be focusing on. That is exactly it, Josh. I want your thoughts on this. That's exactly it because of our the craze of our nation, uh, we lump it all into people hate women. Instead of taking each one of these on, debating them out, it's all because white men should, you know, shouldn't exist. It's all because, you know, the, uh, minorities are all oppressed. And while there's some truths to some of those, some of those things in every instance aren't true. So we're not able to talk. Josh, your turn. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've I've pointed out to a couple of people that you can't create monoliths of people you don't agree with. You can't assume that there you go. everyone that thinks that we should wait and see more about the vaccine information before they get a vaccine is the same people that disagree with you on this other topic. You know, there there's a million different pe- reasons that people have their million different opinions. And to put everyone that you agree with on one topic, just lumping them into a monolith of I agree, I'm going to disagree with them on everything. They're not going to agree on anything. They're all awful. They're all Republicans. They're all Democrats. You know, like any kind of lumping them together is a problem. And I, there was someone, I, th- I think it was Tom... Tom Wassel, I think, on Twitter today was saying how he has an opinion on something that he wants to talk about. He has facts to back it up and sound logic to back it up, but he's afraid to talk about that, whatever the particular topic is, because of the unreasonable emotional response that it's gonna he's going to get for even bringing up the topic. And that, I, I respond to say, that's a problem. We need to be able to discuss things. Anything that is out there, we need to be able to have a debate on and have a reasonable conversation because otherwise we don't have good ideas beating bad ideas. We have any ideas being beaten down by unchecked emotion. And that is not the recipe for a good society. Okay, so let me just put it here. If we were to bring that same emotion of uh, offense and a crybaby politics to the field, nobody would win. And that's why sports is amazing because it is the great equalizer. Guys, it's time for us to take our final Final shot. And that's where we go around the round table, uh, fellas, and we give a shout out to an idea, a thought, a player, uh, somebody. And we're going to start with you, Mr. Rich Hallstrom, Mr. Sports Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia Rich. The Encyclopedia. I want to take my time to give a shout out to the black college football hall of fame that was started by former Tampa Bay quarterback, Doug Williams, also a former quarterback for the Washington Redskins, first black quarterback to win the super bowl. They have started an HBCU all-star game that is going to play the week after the super bowl and feature athletes from historically black colleges and universities and give them a platform to audition for NFL scouts and representatives. I think this is a great idea. It's going to be at Tulane stadium a week after the super bowl. And uh, I got to applaud the uh, black college football hall of fame for creating more opportunities for athletes to be successful. I like it. All right, let's get ready to get paid. Get ready to get paid. Garrett. 
Well, this one is probably, if you're not a U.S. soccer fan, this one might not be on your radar, but um, but a, a young 18-year-old um, player, uh, Yunus Musa, uh, who plays for Valencia in, in Italy, um, has made his decision that he is going to represent the United States um, from the perspective of playing on, the, on our national team. Uh, he's a, a great young player and... He was born in New York, and, and so his parents um, were from Ghana, so he could have also represented um, Italy or Ghana, and I believe England as well, and he chose uh, playing for the U.S., um, and he, he could represent England because he, um, he played within the Arsenal system uh, as a young player as well. So, um, so that's, that's exciting for U.S. men's soccer. Um, and can I give a shout so. out? They played Costa Rica and uh, got that one nil win. It was, uh, they, weren't, they weren't looking like they were in prime, the U.S. men's national team to me. They weren't looking prime, but uh, hey, they pulled off the win. Congratulations. So, all right, Joshua McMillan, Wookiee. Wookiee of the year, Josh McMillan. Well, since you guys don't give me enough time to talk about baseball, I'm going to take my final <laughs> shot to, to talk about baseball and give an update. As we're starting to get to the end of spring training, cuts are being made, decisions are happening, and we'll just touch on a couple of them real quick here. One of the big ones is Justin Dunn looks to have won out the pitching battle over Nick Margavichet. So barring injury, I think we see Justin Dunn as a starting pitcher. Marco, you say James Paxton, Justin Dunn, Justice Suffield, Chris Flexen. I think that's going to be our starting six guys out there. In terms of the bullpen, we have Rona, Rowan Salias. You guys might have remembered that name from a couple of years ago. He ended up having to have Tommy John surgery. He will not be with us this season, which is unfortunate because he was pitching really well. But we still have some names I'm excited about in the bullpen. But that's still one of the big building pieces going forward. In terms of outfielders, the big upset, Taylor Trammell looks to be locking down that left field position. Jake Fraley's kind of gotten back into the mix, showing a little bit more at the plate. But Taylor Trammell's just been running away with it, baby. I'm excited for an outfield that is him, Kyle Lewis, and Mitch Hanniger. That fourth outfield spot is interesting because that could be Jake Fraley, but I I think it's going to be Jose Marmaleos in that spot because he can also play left field well. You know, he kind of competes with Jake in that front, but he can also play first base. And I think that they want to have on the roster someone else who can play first base in case they want to give Evan White a break. You know, Evan White, gold glove, great defense. He's been getting better at the plate, but I think that's one of their big question marks is – can he figure it out at the plate this year? And if he can live up to that contract that they gave before ever hitting the major leagues. Uh, outside of that, not a whole lot of other surprises. I am incredibly excited for Ty France this year. I am going to be watching his at-bats like a hawk. You know, that guy has shown up in the minor leagues, shown up in camp. I'm excited. Spring training. And you know what? Fans in the stands. 9,000 fans. I'm ready for Bark at the Park because one of those 9,000 is about to be my dog. Woof. Woof. Woof, 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 I think that was the longest final shot in history. Yeah. Oh, you didn't give me enough time to talk about baseball, so I had to, had to get it in there. Woo-hoo. All right, Michelle. My, oh, my. My final shot actually goes to Baylor University. So 
This is a cool story, and it brings it back home to what really, really matters. Baylor University's George W. Truett Theological Seminary has announced the official launch of the Faith and Sports Institute, FSI. It's a center for a study and practice of sports and Christianity, sports and faith, because sports is a struggle. It's a physical, emotional struggle. But without that spiritual aspect, it is just like life. It's a struggle and it's empty. Without something and the true something that gives us hope, and that's faith in Jesus Christ, God is real. You don't believe it? Do your own research. Try to disprove the claims of the Bible. Go for it. God welcomes it. Unlike a society today uh, that says, no, don't question it. This is the way it is. God says, come on, bring it on. Bring it on. Question it. Let Go ahead. See what you find. Because that is truth. Christ is life, and that element puts you over the top in life and whatever your pursuits are. It gives you something so much more important when you look at someone like Drew Brees, who is at now at the end of his career. Football has been his life, but if you have a passion that's deeper, no matter what the, the game brings and no matter what life brings— you have something in the end. So I want to give a shout out to Baylor University for their Faith and Sports Institute. Boom, there it is. Guys, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Josh. Um, he's my tech guy. And so he, he has unfettered access to my computer trying to fix the things that, uh, you know, I always seem to break. But it's good to be back with you guys today, and we'll catch you next For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com. That's right.